Welcome to the Copy Room Chat, the podcast for educators just like you. Do you want to gain quick tips and tools to use in your classroom? This podcast is brought to you by the Practical Teachers and hosted by me, Renee Hirano and Amy Youngren. We are both educators and moms with 20 years of experience in education. Do you want to thrive, not just survive in your classroom? Then join us for a quick chat in the copy room. Hi, Amy. Hi, Renee. So excited for our first podcast of the Practical Teacher. I do. All right. Um, we thought that for this episode, we would just start with some introductions and more about the practical teachers and who we are. Um, and so I will start. Sounds great. Uh, I am Renee Hirano. I have been in education since, oh, I hate to say the number sometimes, since 2003. Um, to start back, to back up just a little bit, I have a business degree and went to school and got um, a bachelor's in business administration and was in the working world, whatever that is, the real world, I always say, um, for about four years and then decided I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to school to become a teacher. Um, It had been a passion of mine and I just had this awesome opportunity. And so I got my teaching license and my master's um, at the same time. And I decided that I wanted to do a year of service after I got, I had this awesome opportunity. And so I moved to Denver from Minnesota and I worked for a nonprofit called Summer Scholars. Summer Scholars um, is a, it continues to be a nonprofit now. It's called Unlimited Scholars, but um, they were giving and doing Northeast literacy programs in Northeast Denver, sorry. And I was a VISTA volunteer for a year in Denver and just did literacy in uh, school in Northeast Denver. After my year of service was over, I got a job at what was called Wyatt Edison uh, Charter School at the time, and that's where I met Amy. Um, and I taught second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. I had a variety of jobs. I started the mentor mentee program there, and I um, was a math coach there. And so at my time at Wyatt, I was so fortunate to work with Amy um, and some awesome professionals and it became an opportunity for me with Edison Learning to um, move to Hawaii and become an educational consultant for five years. And so for five years, I was an educational consultant in Hawaii. And I, what I did was work for the Hawaii Department of Education through my company and help schools with math. And so I coached teachers and principals around, and this was the time when we started implementing Common Core and we started having kind of the national national test or you know, the test on Common Core. And so for five years, I worked with some amazing professionals in Hawaii. And then um, I got married and had a baby and decided that I wanted to move back to the mainland. And so, because I had lived in Colorado before, my husband and I, we decided to move back to Colorado. And for two years, I was a director of curriculum and instruction in the far Northeast, actually um, in, in Aurora. 
And after those two years, having been out of the classroom for seven years, I needed to get back. I needed to get back in the classroom um, because, you know, I, I, I'd been out of the classroom for a while. And, you know, I think as time was evolving with these standards and now I think that I just felt like I needed, I needed to kind of go back to my roots. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, for the past three years have been a um, first and second grade teacher in Aurora public schools. And that's where I am currently. Um, and uh, full disclosure this year, I have taught remotely all school year long in Aurora public schools. So that's me, Renee Hirano in a nutshell. Amy, uh, tell us about you. Well, thanks. So I have, um, I have been teaching and parenting and volunteering in the world of educating elementary aged kids for about the same amount of time for about the last 20 years. And, um, I, my undergraduate degree is in English and management. And so I just followed the crowd right out of college on the East coast and pursued a project management job, um, in New York city right after college. And I quickly realized that was not my passion. It did not light me up. And so I left to come back to Colorado and pursued an education certification. And while I was doing that, I, while I was in, back in school, I was volunteering and I found a home at an urban school in Denver where Renee was teaching. So while I was there at Wyatt Edison, I, um, I had several different jobs. I piloted it there. Um, and I did some middle school reading intervention and some elementary reading intervention. And then I took over a struggling classroom in October and began my first year of teaching while I finished my student teaching credentials as well. So um, I did that for several years and then also um, became a mama and I have been parenting and volunteering my two um, unique learners now nine and 13 since, since then. Um, so, you know, it's given me being a teacher first and then a parent, I have gotten a lot of firsthand knowledge of what it's like to navigate the educational system as a parent of a student with learning difficult learning differences and a neurotypical student. So I kind of have been able to see both sides of it. And, you know, Renee and I have talked over the years that we've found sometimes a real lack of authentic support for parents. Um, while they're navigating the educational system for their kiddos. So Renee and I have talked for years about um, the idea that Renee had. And Renee, why don't you tell us how we got here? All right. So the practical teachers, you know, Amy, it's so funny when you talk about that first year. And I think back to like, you're in school and in that classroom, you know, I think about like how Sometimes you've t I remember in the past you told me about how much I've helped you, but I can remember all those times how much you helped me as well. And so the, pra the practical teachers really comes out of uh, our passions for helping teachers. And I, I'm not sure if the pandemic or this, this environment we're in now has kind of elevated it, elevated it for us, but right. there's just a real need for helping teachers with practical tips and tricks for your classroom. And you know, Amy and I talk about this often about how many times we would call each other from the car, 
and we would talk about a lesson that we did that day, whether we were both, cause there were times we were both teaching the same grade or different grades or, and how did it go? Or I have this student who's really struggling and here's what I've tried. Do you have any more suggestions for me? Right. We, we all have those go-to people in our buildings that are the people that are the people that support us and come to us with new ideas. And, you know, we, we want to provide some practical tips that are going to help you right now. Something that's going to, that you're going to be able to take into your classroom, or if something's going on that you can listen to this and maybe it'll spark something in you or a conversation with your colleagues um, to help you because, you know, we are all in this together and it really does take a village and it not just to educate children, but it takes a village for teachers to work and um, collaborate together to make that best education. I think um, we've talked, you know, we talk about how we need to be open and reflective. And I think teachers naturally do that at the end of every lesson, mm -hmm. whether we write it down or not, but we really think like what went well, what kids got it, what kids didn't get it, how can I do better? What can go, you know, oh, that went really well today. What can I duplicate another day? Or who that didn't work. And right. I, I need to do it completely differently. And, you know, because we are currently in this pandemic and we are isolated in a way, even if we're going into buildings or not going into buildings, we are very isolated. We, we need that community of learners, which are the teachers, right, to be able to give each other practical tips. And so right. that's really where this has come from, has been, you know, I almost replicating the things that Amy, Amy and I have done, you know, even though Amy talks about not being in a classroom currently, but Amy, I'll bounce ideas of a lesson I've done with Amy now, like, and she'll say, we can do this or that. And so I think that's what, that's what our goal is. Amy, yeah. what are you saying? I think I would. And I think part of the why for me also is, you know, on reflecting this after this year of the pandemic, I think it just became so clear that teachers, especially right now, need tips and tools and breakthroughs, not only just to survive and thrive in their classroom, but also to make differentiation more authentic and accessible um, for kids. So, you know, we know, and it's easy to say that not all learners learn the same way, but um, when we're busy or stressed or rushed for time, it's often differentiation that goes out the window first. And so I think Renee and I were both also hoping, you know, when you talk about what's working and what's not working, um, hopefully there are some natural and easy ways that we can help um, teachers and parents even to um, remember different things work for different learners and try out some of those um, new ideas. So really it's, I think the why for me is also just about sharing. Um, so we're not constantly reinventing the wheel. That was part of mm. what was so important about um, Renee and I's relationship when, when I was teaching, at least for me and all of the co-teachers is being able to have someone to go to that right-hand woman, especially when you're a new teacher. Um, because Renee was a veteran teacher and I was brand new at it. And um, you need to be able to have the relationship to go to somebody, be honest about what you need, and then hopefully have them be willing to help. So I hope that's what the practical teachers will give, will give people. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's sort of this unwritten 
rule, right? And I think, you know, it's finding those people who can, you can share with, who you can talk to and learn from. And I think, you know, for teachers, you have to like be open mm -hmm. to that relationship because we all need it. You know, even as a veteran teacher, I need to be open to the new ideas that come in from people that are new teachers. Right. And I need to be, you know, even we could even say vulnerable, right? To, yep. we could be vulnerable and say, wow, I could do things differently. And, you know, Amy and I have talked about this, but I think it's, it's, it's to be highlighted this year that I would say the people that I have learned the most, some of the most from this year have been my students. Mm-hmm. You know, this journey that I've been on in remote setting this year has almost, you know, I, we say this often, like it's March now or April. I mean, I mean, February or March. And so, but it's, it's really, um, it's been an awesome opportunity to share learning with students, students watching me actually developing my skills as an online teacher for them this year. You know, right? right. Um, I had this opportunity where I am presenting to the kids and um, and I'm trying to highlight in our online um, our online reading curriculum and I can't I can't get it to work. I cannot get it to highlight. I, and, you know, in your mind, you just want it to go right. And one student unmutes herself and says, Miss Yorano, I can help you with that. And sure enough, she did. Right. And you you have to be open and vulnerable to those opportunities. And I feel like this year I have. I have been able to do that. And I think a couple of things, I think I know what I didn't know. I've had some good people to bounce ideas off of, but this, you know, we really developed this relationship, the students and I of we're, we're in this second grade adventure this year and I'm going to learn and grow as a teacher. And I think me demonstrating for them that has allowed them to have that same kind of mindset uh -huh. and you know in the class it's not bad but and in, in the classroom you have that same thing but sometimes you know you're in your room you're the you know you're the captain of the ship and you want everything to go perfect and you want everything to be right the first time and the you know it's like that for in the classroom it's like the first time technology doesn't work you're all kind of flustered but this year it's <laughs> yeah like, every day is like that can be like that right um i've told amy that the my mine my coffee mug, if I had one, would not say you're on mute, but it would say you're not presenting. <laughs> because oftentimes I will be so excited or will come back from break or whatever, what have you. And <laughs> I will start talking about the next thing we're doing. And they'll say, Miss Irana, Miss Irana, you're not presenting. Not and presenting. so, um, but you know, they, it's almost, I feel like giving kids a new impression of me. Sure. Because I feel like nothing is off, not, not that nothing's off limits. I should say, I feel like this, they really want to see growth and they're so proud of their growth and my growth at the same time. And so this vulnerability has come more naturally to them this year mm -hmm. than I think in other years, you know, um, there's been, and so I'm really, ex I'm, you know, it's been, I, I think about how will I take this back in when I'm back in a classroom with students right you know that's the goal the goal is to be right um back in with students you know full time but 
what will I take away? I, I for sure take that. I want to, there are things I want to take with me from this right. year. There's been a significant opportunity for growth this year for teachers and students. And I think uh, from a parent perspective, it was so cool watching both the teachers and the students as I got to eavesdrop, eavesdrop on my kids' remote learning this year. And, you know, I, I, I had a unique position of getting to watch the teachers embark on this new journey that you talk about and how they were able to navigate this learning curve of this new system. And I got to watch the teachers develop new ways to teach the kids, develop new ways to learn, watch the teachers struggle, watch the kids struggle, watch them all problem solve together like you talk about. Um, and I think we shouldn't unlearn that. We should take that with us when we mm -hmm. go when we go back into our traditional classrooms. I hope that's something that we've learned that will not go away. Yeah, yeah. I, so I agree. I also hope I think we've that, empowered them. I think we've empowered I think we've them, empowered. and I I hope that you know parents have a little bit more insight into the lives of teachers, and I think teachers have a little more insight into the lives of parents and students. And have we have we um, been able to discover closer how our own children learn and realized what more we can do to tap into the interventions that work on different levels for different kids and sometimes work out into the margins of the typical classroom learners possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this year of growth and being open um, I do think that that has what has produced some of the best results for me. That doesn't mean I, every day has been right. great, which I'm sure all of the listeners can, you know, empathize with or relate sure. to or any of those things. You know, I, when you talk about as a parent perspective, you know, I, I feel like my second grade parents are like back in second grade listening to me <laughs> all day long. Right. They like, are. Yep. I was joke with them that they're hearing my voice all day long. Um, and, you know, we're going to get into it in future episodes, but the partnership that I've developed with parents, I would say that I've always been good at that. You know, that's something that's come naturally for me, partnering with parents. But this year has been a different, a different level of partnership. Right. And I think, like you said, this whole insight into their students' education. And so I, I think that's also required some vulnerability or you know, that's, I think, made teachers this year feel more vulnerable sure. and perhaps is comfortable. Sure. But we didn't perhaps is what's right. Right. It's happening every year. But I think that's where the successes have come. That's where those magic moments where you're really excited when something works or you connect with a parent, mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about, you know, what's something that we, that the practical teachers can talk about or one thing we can really give as a as a practical tip would be be open to being vulnerable to new learning and new ways to reach students new ways to build partnerships you know really being that reflective teacher it does make you vulnerable but with vulnerability comes growth well said and don't you think this year i think this year all of the listeners myself you we could all say that we have grown yep in you know, whether it came easy or it came hard, we have really grown this year. And I think being vulnerable as a teacher is probably one of the best qualities that you could give yourself. I agree. I agree. And it does come then after the vulnerability comes so much growth. And 
while we're all anxious to get back to our typical classrooms, there's so much that we should take with us that from this year that we should keep. And part of that, Ag- those new learnings and new vulnerabilities. Agreed. Well, thanks for, for sticking with us on our first episode of the Practical Teachers. We are so happy to have you. Um, we're looking look- forward to more tips and tricks. That's right. All right. We'll talk to you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks again for joining us here at Copy Room Chat. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click the button so you don't miss any of the chat. And remember, head over to www.thepracticalteachers.com for more resources and to sign up for our monthly newsletter.